Hey guys, back at you with another guest episode with what I like to call the coach of the coach. My coach happens to have a coach and this is her coach, Stefano's relationship coach, masculine and feminine educator who's empowering human beings to have healthier, more fulfilling relationships, which ultimately, if you are in the business of building a business, we know healthy relationships at home impact your productivity at work in your business. So guys, you're going to want to lean in here what this man has to say. Have fun. Hey gang, Melissa Hanalt here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a mom of three corporate burnout that built a secondary six-figure income around my nine-to-five with little kids. This set me free and allowed me to fire my boss and pursue my wildest dreams. It took grit, persistence, and belief. But now, operating multiple six-figure businesses as an online entrepreneur and business coach, I have become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts, to take the leap and go all out and live out their dreams. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle business tips and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three corporate burnout can go all out, so can you. All right, guys, we are live with Mr. Stefanos. I am so excited for this interview today. Stefanos, welcome to the Burnout to All Out podcast. Hey, Melissa, I'm excited as well. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so real quick, just so I can give everybody a formal introduction. Stefanos is actually, I call him the coach behind the coach for me. So those of you who follow me know that Kayla Kraft has been my business coach for the past year. And she blessed me with Stefanos's presence a year ago, a little under a year ago at a mastermind. And he changed my life profoundly just with the breath work that we did. Opened my mind tremendously to areas I'd not thought of before that were going to help me become a better human in general. So Stefanos has actually worked with Kayla. We talk about the coach behind the coach. Everybody knows Kayla's been coaching me. Well, Stefanos has been working with Kayla. So there you go. But a little bit about Stefanos, relationship coach, masculine and feminine educator. He empowers human beings to have healthier, more fulfilling relationships by enabling them to let go of the past, embrace their highest selves and create their desired future. Does that sound amazing or what? (laughs) When it happens, it sounds great. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So I know there's so much value you can bring the audience today, but Stefanos, before we get into a little bit of coaching for my audience who are all business builders, hustling, working for the dream. You know, I love to go back to, you're an entrepreneur, right? You work for yourself. You and your wife work for yourselves. You guys have booming businesses. You're impacting people's lives, relationships across the world, and in the process, making a huge ripple effect in businesses because you're improving these people's relationships and how they operate energetically, right? But you haven't always been this, incredible force and entrepreneur that's been changing people's lives the way you have. Can you take us back to before, like the previous Stefanos? Because what I love when I look at your bio is that you struggled with addiction. You you had childhood trauma, right? You 
you've, you've gone through infidelity, right? So like, none of us is perfect. And you know, a lot of times we see where people are today, and they don't know the journey that got them where they are to make the impact that you're making today. Can you kind of take us back? And you've got some Aussies listening, by the way, George is like piping in right now. I've got people in Australia in my community. So can you can you take us back? Yeah, yeah. Well, the people in Australia are up late or up early, whichever way you're looking at it. Sure, yes, addiction, uh, love compulsion, sex addiction, addiction to adrenaline, ad- addiction to needing to feel better in myself, uh, deeply insecure, low self-worth, violence, a lot of fighting, delinquency, crime, being in the shadows, particularly around the sex addiction. Is it, and then the the infidelity, yes, and the, the very disconnected relationship to myself. And so all of that, you know, learned and adapted behavior from growing up, being exposed to a very volatile, unsafe, violent upbringing, not only projected towards me, but also what I was feeling very unsafe and, and just so much uncertainty in my upbringing. And really that environment was replicated so much in my early days of entrepreneurship and business and there have been very few times in my life where I've actually quote-unquote worked for someone else for a wage or a salary or time I mean, we're all at some level it's it's time for money right at some level it's just how we do it but I mean I, I finished high school I worked in a retail department store consumer electronics goods store for a very short period of time. I worked in some in an international freight forwarding company for a short period of time. And then I just basically, I just didn't want to do that. It wasn't in alignment. So I worked for myself. I opened gyms and I started in the health industry and health and wellness all the while studying psychology and behavioral science and all the while just not being a grounded individual, you know, alcoholism, all the things, preaching and doing all the things in the world and legitimately, you know, helping people to some degree, but it wasn't really powerful per se. It wasn't it wasn't in alignment because I wasn't in alignment with myself. And so for the majority of my life, I was in this cycle of burn, build, burn, build. I would create something, I would have an influx of cash, then I would be dry. I would just burn it. And basically... That expression in business was simply a familiar expression that I experienced in my life, in my childhood. One day I would feel safe. The next three days it was complete uncertainty and fear and trembling. So I was accustomed to that. So what do we do? When we're accustomed to something, we play it out continuously because familiarity feels safe. And so it wasn't until I really looked at all of that and the way I was able to look at all of that was simply by getting caught in cheating. I was just cheating on my partner at the time and that opened up a lot of shame for me and a lot of trauma, repressed memories that I had flooded back to the surface. And luckily I was aware of what was happening because of my education and my background and the work that I was doing in the world you know, with elite special forces soldiers in terms of mindset training and helping them recover from PTSD and trauma, but I was denying it all in myself. With world champion fighters and elite gold medalists, elite athletes, gold medal Olympians and so forth. And so I was really in the upper echelon of human potentiality, but again, I was denying all of that within myself. And so when it came to me, I had some familiarity, but I was in so much shock that I needed support. And so I made a very clear decision, a very painful decision to re-establish my identity in the world. That means I would have to strip everything back. And that was years. I nearly went bankrupt. I was in hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt, credit card debt, by the way, as well. And I consolidated everything on, on a couple of credit cards. It was just, it was crazy. 
and I stopped working and I went into more debt and I just I became very insular and it was all about healing and it was all about changing these behaviors and these patterns because I couldn't be like that anymore. I couldn't keep lying and be in the shadows and cheating and be violent and be aggressive and, and rage. And I, I had so much self-hatred. I had so much unhealed wounds. I had so much unresolved trauma, so much projection towards my parents, my family dynamics. Just, I was so happy I really was. And so it was just an opportunity for me. I had to break through rock bottom multiple times before I even got to the place of I can actually deal with this stuff. And I needed support. I didn't do it by myself. I had psychologists. I had counselors. I had shamans. I had coaches. I had energy healers. I had people that I was working with and leaning into. And I spent a lot of time in solitude, not isolation, solitude. It was very deliberate. And it was very painful. There were many times where I contemplated suicide. I didn't want to be here anymore. And I didn't want to kill myself, but I didn't know any other way in those, in those moments, in those times. And so there were times where I came very, very close very close and I'm very glad I didn't because I knew that I had I had three choices three three possible paths I was going to take I was either going to commit suicide because the pain was too intense I was going to end up in a mental asylum because the pain was too intense and I'd fracture my psyche because I wasn't going to give up I was relentless and so I used the tools and the skills that I had of perseverance and stubbornness and all of that and I applied it to my own intrapersonal development and the third option was I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to live the life that I want to live. And maybe I can help support some people, whether it's one person or many, to also make choices that are more conducive to their potential as opposed to their pain and their suffering and being products of their past. In a very blessed way, the third path presented itself to me and that's where I am today. Wow, such an incredible story, right? And just knowing that you had different directions you could have gone, right? And, and I'm sure like, it's, you think about this, I think about this even in my own like upbringing and childhood and people around me, you see people who have those choices and they go the wrong route and it's devastating. So incredible though, because where you've come from and where you are today, the impact I know that you're making on people's lives, I'll share with you guys real briefly. Stefanos did some breath work. I'd never done it before. Maybe you can share with everybody a little bit about why this works. But he had us in a full group in our mastermind. I've done it twice now with him, where we laid down and did some really intense breath work that ultimately brought out some emotions, thoughts that I didn't even know were packed away into my brain suppressed from years and years and years. And my girlfriends and I who went through the mastermind with him and did this breath work with him, we were all texting each other as we left Sedona. I felt like I, I came home and slept like a baby. I felt it was like this relief that was that was let out. I don't even know how to explain it. And then being able to digest it and journal about it and process it and all those things. Can you speak a little bit to the breath work that you did with us and why it can be impactful and so insightful? Yeah, I'm going to keep it super simple though. So as opposed to going into a long scientific or physiological explanation of what's happening, I am going to go in a little bit into that, but it's going to be super simple. So the breath technique and the, the style of breathing that we engaged in and also the preparation work we did prior to that, the way we connected, what we spoke to, how we opened up the vulnerability practices the setting that was created was all conducive to having the experience that you had or the effect that that experience had on you. 
So what's happening physiologically is that that breath, that style of breath, activates certain areas of your body and stimulates certain areas of your body. And in short, what's happening is the carbon dioxide and oxygen levels are shifting and changing in your body. And in doing so, and also the breath technique itself, it begins to shut down the prefrontal cortex. So you're thinking less per se, and it's accessing and activating the limbic system more, which is our feeling and emotional centers of the brain. And so when you say all these big feelings came up, all these thoughts and emotions and and memories, and I I didn't know what was going on, where did that come from? And I wasn't even familiar with that, is because you're literally accessing parts of you that have been dormant for a very, very long time. So that breath technique stimulates areas, brain centers, areas of our brain, certain brain centers that allow you to then have these more fuller body releases accompanied by dormant experiences that have been within you for a very long time but are now coming to the surface. When you couple that with your body moving through, because it's quite an intense practice, moving through that intensity, you have emotional release. And now what's happening is from a psychological perspective, you're closing the trauma loop because all trauma that's experienced in life needs to have that loop closed both hormonally, physiologically, but also emotionally and psychologically. And so when you're accessing those dormant feelings, emotions, states, thoughts, memories, etc., and you're also coupling that with movement in the body, you're having that energetic release, you're having that complete release, and the cycle of trauma is completing. And so that's why you feel freedom. That's why you feel spaciousness. And you can't explain it, but you don't need to just yet because We're always so cognitive, we're always neck up. And trauma or experiences that live in the body that are unpleasant or that need resolution don't just live in cognition, they live in the body. And so we need to release them. And so when you're activating, stimulating that limbic system in that way, it's also signaling to the body that it's safe to release. And again, the prep work informs you and your body through your own neuroception that you are safe to release. Mm, So good. That was a really good explanation too. So good. That explains probably why we felt the way we did. And we all had such different experiences, depending mm. on our own childhoods, own whatever we were suppressing it was super, super enlightening. Well, another thing I wanted to kind of move on to is this whole concept of because this was another thing that happened when I was doing your breath work was when when this release happens, depending on what's going on. The, the act of just punching, screaming, hitting, you know, one of the things I've learned through even working with Kayla, which I'm sure she's picked up from working with you, is that there's moments in business, there's moments in life where there are things that are so frustrating that are really occupying your mental capacity, your ability, your energy, all those things. And I know recently she's had me literally screaming and punching pillows to move through some emotions that I've had. And it's interesting as a 41-year-old, previous Fortune 500 leader, now entrepreneur, very professional person, before working with you and working with her, I never would have thought to scream at the top of my lungs, have a tantrum like a two-year-old and punch a pillow. All I'd ever been taught was, especially as like a working female in the corporate space, is like, keep, keep smiling, endure, bottle it down, bottle it down, and just keep it to yourself, right? And I have actually found through working with her and through working with you that actually the physicality, the physical movements and utterances help move the energy. Can you talk about that and why you think that's important and and why you coach to that? Yeah, I mean, somatic therapy is 
everything, somatic treatments. I won't coach someone unless I'm including somatics in that. Because when we're working with the body, okay, we don't only store information in the mind, right? We store information everywhere, including the body. And so the the art of somatics and sounding, breathing, moving, it helps us shift the stagnant energy that often gets trapped or resides within us or is stuck at the moment of experiencing trauma. So, for example, trauma firstly resides on the spectrum. There's big T trauma, there's little T trauma. There's acute trauma, there's compounded trauma, there's chronic trauma. So you may have a parent that is constantly berating you, even in very subtle ways, saying, oh, you've got an A minus, you could have got an A plus, uh, maybe better luck next time. That can be an experience of trauma because now you're thinking, well, maybe I'm not good enough and I've got to make sure that mum thinks I'm great or dad really appreciates me. And then you get into this cycle and this pattern of constantly trying to appease others and being a high performer and a perfectionist and that becomes this, this compulsion, right? Or maybe you've experienced physical, intense physical or sexual abuse, or maybe you've been in a car accident. This trauma is so broad and, and, and deep. And most, if not everyone, has experienced some level of trauma. And so when we experience that trauma, it registers in the body. And the body-mind complex is very effective at dealing with that trauma in that time, but doesn't necessarily do it in the most efficient way long term. And so what can often happen is we can get into that freeze response and then that freeze response becomes a habit and we play that out in every area of our lives. We're about to get a mortgage for our home, but it feels a little too big. We're scared, so we pull back and we're less risk of, oh, we want to, we want to change jobs, but we'd rather stability, but we, we're not happy where we are. But you know, it's, it's better than the fear of moving and maybe it not being better or whatever it may be. And so these patterns, they play out and we're constantly freezing. What also happens is that becomes a habit in the nervous system. Just constantly in this very low level of tensing, 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 freezing. I'm giving you an example of freezing. You can be even more activated like in, in me where I'm in that fight response. I'm more in that fight response, right? And, and the flight response, as an example, they have corresponding hormonal profiles as well. So you're physiologically, you're reinforcing these patterns in the body. Trauma has to be released at the level of the body. We're talking about com- completing that loop. You have to move it. It literally has to move. So the best way to probably explain this is this. In the wild, if an antelope is being chased by a cheetah and the antelope gets away or the deer gets away and is now in safety, it will often drop and shake vigorously and shake all the excess energy out, all the excess adrenaline out, the fear that has been surging in the form of our hormones through the body. And then it will just get up and walk off like nothing happened. Think about this, you know, Dr. Peter Levine, he speaks to this in one of his books where he's in a car accident and all he wants to do is shake and shake the energy to let his body to release the tension of what's happened. And the paramedics are trying to strap him in and keep him contained. Even Western medicine in that sense, like that's not what we need. The body knows what it needs to do. When you're shaking and you're sounding, you're screaming and you're moving, often when people experience rape, as an example, even physical abuse, and they're protecting themselves or they shut down and they disassociate from their body, they lose their voice. Sometimes screaming can not only be very therapeutic in that moment, but it's also resembling a time in your life where you needed to scream but couldn't and you, you feel trapped and screaming releases not only the present moment but also the past events and every other time that you haven't screamed. That's why it can be so useful. We're also energetic beings. We're also emotional beings. 
we're taught in our society, particularly women, women are shown, oh, you shouldn't be angry. So men are told you shouldn't be sad, you shouldn't be scared, right? Mm-hmm. There's a cultural nuances and norms that are generalised nuances and norms, but they apply to the majority of people. And so you may need an opportunity to just be fucking angry because that's what your body needs to be right now. Now, you can be angry in healthy ways and in safe ways for yourself and for others. When you're projecting or you're violent against someone, that's unhealthy anger. That's not helpful, actually. You're doing more damage and causing more trauma. But you can release the anger in safe environments, and that's a big part of what I do when I'm working with people. I provide those very safe environments and articulated environments where people can express their emotions and all of who they are in very healthy ways. So good, so good. So that's why... On Friday afternoon, when I had a bomb dropped to me, I was able to, before picking up my kids, I was able to, I would have never done this before, but I was able to, on the way there, in my car, all by myself, I was able to just scream at the top of my lungs until I just couldn't scream anymore. And it's interesting just giving the permission to be able to do that. By the time I got to pick my kids up and slide into my weekend, I was able to just I release it instead of carry it over and project it onto my kids or project it onto my mm-hmm. spouse or, you know, react in a different way. So I will tell you that's been really eye-opening for me this year to, to be able to just, you know, let that energy move through you and let it go, right? Hey there, we're going to take a brief little interruption. I think you guys will love why I'm doing this little interruption. And that is because we hear from you all the time over in the Burnout to All Out community on our Facebook page. You've got questions. You want coaching. And so one of the things we are opening up to our Burnout to All Out community that are listening in right now to this podcast is a chance to get your questions answered in a live hot seat coaching session with me, yours truly, Melissa Hinault, in our Burnout to All Out community. And the audio will be recorded and you will be debuted in our podcast with your questions. So if that piques your curiosity and you're intrigued, here's the deal. All you have to do is text the word question. Again, text the word question to the number 1-833-310-7171. Again, Text the word question to 1-833-310-7171. And when you do that, we will come back to you with another message asking you to submit your question. Two to three lucky people will be selected every single week, be featured in my Facebook community and on my podcast. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. Well, it's interesting. I know that you are an expert in the feminine and the masculine energy in the space. I know I recently just read the book Intimate Communion and it was really, really good. I think it's a book that you recommend a lot. It's been really eye-opening for me just in my relationship at home with my spouse. And I think that it wasn't until working with Kayla that I was really aware and through her working with you of this whole impact of the poles of the feminine and the masculine and how, especially as a lot of women are in my mastermind, I have a lot of women in my academy who are very, whether they know it or not, they're very heavy in their masculine space. It's gotten them where they are in their businesses. Can you speak a little bit to, I know there's like so many layers of this, but from a broad perspective, can you speak a little bit to these feminine masculine poles and how 
they can impact negatively and positively in life and in business, being in tune, being aware of them and, and just the roles they play in our life. Yeah. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, the terms masculine and feminine can unconsciously uh, provoke or evoke almost disharmony within so many people. And so I personally have no problem using the term masculine and feminine dynamic or masculine and feminine energetics. There's simply, it's simply a polarity, right? And what that means is we learn in contrast. So firstly, we're human. So whatever, whatever characteristics or attributes or, or traits we assign to the masculine or feminine, know that first and foremost, we're human. And they're human qualities and human traits. We can also replace those words, masculine and feminine dynamics. And Michaela Baum does a great job of this, by the way. We can, we, we can replace feminine with being energy. We can replace masculine with doing energy. We can replace masculine with go energy. We can replace feminine with flow energy, right? You know, yang and yin, we can look at it that way as well. We can look at in and out and energies and so forth. And so ultimately, we live in a dualistic world. Right? There's up, there's down, right? There's left, there's right. There's the material and the immaterial. We live in a dualistic world. And so with that said, then there's contrast and we learn richly through contrast. And so when we say, hey, you know, as a human being, you're comprised of doing energy and being energy. And what does that mean? We'll get to that briefly in a moment. Then guess what? You need to have a combination of both in your body. Now, you may be predisposed more to that being energy, that flow energy, right? That, that yin energy. You may be more predisposed to that yang energy, that, that structure, that doing energy, that go energy, right? Now, in our society, we value that go energy and that doing energy a great deal. You know, your self-worth is predicated upon your accolades, how much you earn, how much your net worth is your status and your title and your productivity. And we we tend to value less the being energy, right? The creativity, the collaboration. We value this very capitalistic individual society. And there are many inputs that influence masculine and feminine dynamics. It's culture, it's familial dynamics, it's values, it's history, it's biology. To think for a moment that biology doesn't influence and evolutionary biology and the way that we've evolved physiologically doesn't influence our culture is just as silly as saying culture has no bearing on who we are. Of course it does, right? And so so all of this matters. So when we're looking at unhealthy and unhealthy masculine and feminine energetics, and we'll just say with masculine and feminine the terminology because you've used that for now, and again, I have no, no problem using it, we can look at, okay, what's what's an example of, of healthy feminine energy? And, and again, let me, before I, you know, what distinguishes healthy and unhealthy? A couple of things. Extremity. So, for example, leadership, right, can be considered a masculine trait. Again, that's not to say that a, a woman doesn't lead. Of course she does. And that doesn't mean that the feminine doesn't lead either. Does it? May do it in a different way. But let's look at leadership for a moment. Leadership can be directed, can be transparent, can be linear, or it can be oppressive. It can be controlling. It can be subjugating. So we're looking at unhealthy expressions of a masculine quality or trait. This is an example, right? And so you want to find out, you want to get clear, where are you most comfortable? Are you most comfortable in that leadership role and leading or are you more comfortable being led? Are you more comfortable in doing and go or are you more comfortable in flowing and being? And neither is wrong. We need both. Determine what where you are most comfortable. Determine what your core energetic is. I've created an assessment for this as well. I haven't released it yet, but I've created an assessment for this just to, to, help, to help as a starting point for people. But then once you've established what is more true and core for you, then you just work on creating more of not, it's not balance, but harmony in your life. Like it's, 
what makes us healthy in our masculine and or feminine is knowing when to be in the energies that comes with practice, that comes with patience, that comes with time, that comes with being very, very deliberate. It comes like anything. You want to put effort. You want your business to grow, you've got to put effort in. You've got to put the time in, but you've also got to balance that with play and rest because you look at multiple Nobel Prize winners, even Einstein, anyone that has achieved anything great, their ideas have largely come to them in the spaces between their activity. In their downtime, whether in that either that lucid state or they're purposely taking psychedelics or they're in that space of I've done so much thinking, I just need a breather and boom, it comes. Newton, when the apple fell, right, like boom. It wasn't when he was right into whatever he was doing and formulating and this and that and working 25 hours nonstop. It came in those spaces between the rest and the reprieve. Mm -hmm. The rest and the reprieve and the flow and the creativity, that's a feminine energetic right? The execution and the linear thinking and the motivation, which is a masculine energetic, to execute that, which is a masculine energetic as well. But you need both. We need both. They don't exist without each other. Mm. The fact that we're speaking to one and we're speaking to the other means that one can't exist without the other. That means they carry equal value. Right. Yeah. So good. So good. And I will tell you from my own experience and just kind of aha light bulb moment for me, in reading in Intimate Communion, it made me reflect on being a corporate professional and a leader in a company where I was the only female of 12, all males. What I realized is being in that role, being in that culture, working in that company for a decade, it's totally spilled over into my home life where I was so comfortable operating in the masculine all day long that I would come home and be like a drill sergeant at home too. And it's been really insightful for me as now I'm running my own business and trying to figure out how can I be a little more in tune with my feminine, even in the creative in my business, but also at home, right? Operating heavily in the masculine was a survival skill for me in corporate that kind of was picked up as a habit, not necessarily my natural state, but it was like this habitual state that I survived in in corporate that I brought home at night and on the weekends. And I'm constantly, you know, continuing to work through that myself. Do you see that much with with any of your clients? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's very difficult to turn off, to turn on and off the energetics, you know, particularly yeah. a lot of work with, with female entrepreneurs as well. And they're so much in that quote-unquote masculine energetic during the day and during their work life that they, they often struggle to turn that off. And then that, that has a cascade effect of the type of partner they're attracting, the relationship dynamic they have with their partners, what's authentic or not authentic to them. And a lot of that is fed in from their history and the unresolved trauma and wounds that they have around what they were told about how you have to be to gain your worthiness. Mm-hmm. And also that's not just from a family dynamic, but it's also what culture tells us as well. So there's, there's a lot of moving parts to that. Oh my gosh. So, so good. Well, I know that we were going to keep this podcast tight and we're at our 30 minute mark, but Stefanos, this has been so good. Folks who want to know where they can find you, what you have going on. I don't know if you're taking on private clients right now. I know you're booked months in advance. What do you have going on? Where can people find you? Yeah, I, I am taking on private clients, but there is a there is a wait list at the moment. It's about three months, but again, it's you know if you want to start that process, it's you, you sort of you, you get in now, right? And every month that goes past, sort of like adding another month to that. So once I get to the 
probably six month mark on a waiting list, I'll, I'll stop taking clients for a while. Mm-hmm. But you can find me on, on Instagram uh, or any social media at Stephanos Sifandos, any social media platform. Uh, my website, stephanossifandos.com or coachwithsteph.com. Awesome. Awesome. And do you have any programs going on right now other than one-on-one coaching? Do you have anything? Yeah, yeah plenty. My wife and I have amazing programs that we run together. We have a Be the Queen program, which is for single ladies uh, calling in their kings, but also doing a lot of deep healing around that in their past. We have a relationship course. We have inner child level one and level two. Again, all of this is applicable whether you're in business or not, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, when you clear the clutter of your past and you get your your intrapersonal self and your relationships right, your business just blows up and and flourishes massively. What else do I have at the moment? I've got some amazing men's work here in Austin, Texas that I've created, co-created with another group of men, very exceptional men. So that's up and rising right now as well. Lots going on. Awesome. So good. Well, thank you so much for taking time for us today. I really appreciate it. I think you'll be having some people reaching out to you, following you, finding you. I know a lot of people jumped on today to hear you. So, Sorry, Miss, I was just going to say one more thing. It may be really important to your audience. Myself and my wife and two other amazing coaches have actually opened up a coaching institute where we coach coaches to be tremendous coaches in the world. Oh, and that's, wow. Yeah, that's called ElementumCoachingInstitute.com. ElementumCoachingInstitute.com. So we're halfway through our cohort of this year, which we fill that up literally in like four or five days. And so we've just opened enrollment for next year as well for 2022, which kicks off in February, mid-February. So we're very excited about that. It's an amazing, amazing coaching program. That's incredible. We'll make sure we put it in the notes for the podcast too as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for popping in today. I know you're a busy man. I'll let you get running. But again, thank you so much. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks for your time. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode.